there's a thread you follow. It goes among things that change, but it doesn't change. People wonder about what you're pursuing. You have to explain the thread, but it's hard for others to see. While you hold it, you can't get lost. Tragedies happen, people get hurt or die, and you suffer and get old. Nothing you do can stop time unfolding. You don't ever let go of the thread. William Stafford. Here we are, and so um, that regal voice that you just heard there was Jim McNeish. Um, and I am Christy Mack, and welcome back to our podcast. We're doing another live one, so we have some beautiful faces staring at us on Zoom for those people that are listening at them in your ears just now. Um, and this is our penultimate, that's right, isn't it? Penultimate one of the series. Um, yes. The, <laughs> Series two, friend. Series two. Where, where did that come from? Um, we're either calling it a series or a season. It's like a box set. Um, and so, you know, thanks for everyone for listening in. This is a little bit of an experiment, um, which Jim will explain a little bit more about. But Jim, before we start, what's been your experience of, of what we're going to do just now? Um, I think I have a number of different things that really moved and affected me while I've done this exercise, but I think maybe the last time I did it, uh, I run it on a program called Logos, and we'd had this kind of cynical, sardonic, resistant trader on the three-day event. And uh, uh, he turned out to be the king in my exercise. So I went to join a group to make up five, and uh, he was the king. And... uh, uh, he's very young. I don't know what he is, like 14 or something. And, um, I know exactly he, what you're talking about. <laughs> but he was basically this uh, really smart, really bright, but cynical trader. And uh, when I started to explain my thing, it was a little bit about losing kingship archetype in your life. You know, when those people are no longer around or they no longer speak relevant to you. And uh, he was to be the king. And I was so moved by what he did and said, and he really took a kingship role. And it turned me around because I thought for the first time that kingship, queenship, archetype role in my life had been handled by somebody younger. And therefore in real life, I wonder if future king, queen archetypes in my life will now be younger than me. And it was a real transition point. It'd always been Margaret Wheatley and Richard Rohr and Robert Diltz and all these kind of people with 20, 30 years on me that had played that role. And now this guy who did it so wonderfully, so sensitively, so nuanced and so cut through um, and and played it incredibly well that it just made me rethink the whole kingship role in my life. And and, and I'm still thinking about it. I'm still thinking about who would necessarily play that archetype. So that's the experience of this exercise that comes to mind to me in terms of how it changed me and made me think differently. Mm. What about yourself, Kirsty Mack? I am. Um, I think it might have been in the same place. Actually, I remember doing. I was. I was the person. Do you remember the had, guy? I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah, I know yeah, exactly it was who mustard, you're talking wasn't about. it? Absolute I mean, mustard. The whole thing. Yeah. Absolutely sharp. Um, <laughs> and I remember being the subject, and I had, and I can still feel how I felt. You know, when you can start, you go back to a point and you're, I can see the room. I can see who sat in front of me. I can see, and I think that's the power of this. I can, 
you know, we talk about Maya Angelou's quote, people never remember what you say or do, but they always remember how you make, how you made them feel. Um, but I remember what this person said, and it was the warrior. Um, and so I can't remember the, the three here, but I can remember. And, and I was talking about, I was going through a transition of, of possibly leaving a company, deciding to do yes. it. And so, you know where I was at. And uh, he actually, and I remember you telling us about the experience that you had, he actually kicked the chair, right? And I thought, rude. Um, <laughs> and he said, I don't think you want to do it. And something within me, one nearly, <laughs> I just stopped myself, right? Because, you know, you don't, there's no point in actually saying, well, actually, friend. Um, mm. But there was just, there's something within me. And actually, in that moment, the anger that came to me was really interesting and was the most provocative to me, to the point that I can still really remember it and hold on to it. And um, he came up to me afterwards and he's like, I'm so sorry. I'm so, like, I'm really sorry. I'm so sorry. I said, it was great. It yeah. was just what I needed to hear. It was just what I needed to hear. So I, you know, I thank you. I thank you oh. so much. Um, so yeah, it was, it is amazing the power that the conversation can have. They do. And I, I think your point is so well made, which is, it's really what you experience from it. Mm. You know, this is an experiential exercise and these experiments we're running these evenings are about can we do experiential learning online with each other? Um, and that's what tonight's about, is, is experiential learning. And, and to everybody out there, um, the five of us had a little chat before you joined us. And, and what I was saying to us all is, we don't want to perform for you tonight. We want to actually just engage in an experiential piece of learning. So this isn't about it being refined, or it's not about um, how we show up. It really is about... Can we, like Kirsty and I both did, get a surprise? Can we get um, a jolt, something real and experiential that we hear from the archetypes as we do this exercise? The exercise itself is pretty straightforward. What happens is that one of us will explain a particular coaching area that we'd be interested in getting feedback on. It could be an area of transition, an area of change, an area where we're starting to wrestle with our shadow, a conversation we're avoiding. Could be anything like that that we say, you know, here's, here's what I'd like some feedback. And we're going to give about a minute or two, not a long time, just enough to give the essence of what it is we're going through to the room. And then the other four of us will speak in turn from each of the archetypes. So whoever goes first will speak from the king of the queen archetype. And that archetype is about giving permission putting boundaries on things, remembering some of the rules, uh, encouraging, saying to the person they can do it, believing in them, a really strong parental role, a really strong mentor role, somebody who would really urge you on, but somebody who naturally carries authority. And so we'll speak from an authoritative place. The second person to speak would traditionally be on the person's left on this exercise, but they would speak from the friend or the lover position. And they will speak about how the person doesn't have to change, how they are wonderful as they are. They will speak to the person's emotional state and their experience. Um, they will speak to how they enjoy the person, what they enjoy about them, what they've picked up. 
And even though some of us have only met each other for 10 or 15 minutes, we'll still do that. You can still do that. And so we'll speak from that place of, well, why don't you stay more like that? Why don't you encourage yourself in who you are? Then the third person to speak will speak from the warrior or the challenger position. And that's the person who will challenge where you might be running a racket, playing a game, being a little bit too timid, um, a little bit of shadow going on maybe. And they will encourage you to be honest and to be brave and to face into your challenge. That's what a warrior does. And then the fourth and final uh, uh, position is the magician or the teacher. And the magician or the teacher will bring in some learning from somewhere else, a reframe, a different way to think, a, another worldview, another perspective on this. It might be a theory from something that they learned long ago. It might be from something from a story. It could be a metaphor. But they will bring in a reframe and a different form of thinking. Once all four of the archetypes have spoken, it goes back to the subject again. And then the subject will declare, here's what I'm going to do with this. Here's the sense it makes to me. And then we'll be finished. We'll take a breath, we'll stop for a minute, and then we'll rotate roles. Um, we are going to do our best to be just really in this exercise. It probably won't be perfect. We might have to kind of help each other or urge. It could be any of those things. But... Um, we just want to see what's possible here. And I just know this has been a deeply important exercise to both uh, Kirsty and me. And so therefore we want to share it with other folks. So I want to thank um, Matt and James and Tamsin for joining us with this um, and, uh, and being part of it with us. And so we hope you get some learning from it and something experiential from it uh, as well as everybody else who's listening. So with that, um, we are going to make a start. Can I just check before I start, um, just to be really clear, to begin with, James, you will be the subject. Kirsty, you'll be the king of the queen, and you'll speak first into it. Then Tamsin will be second into it with the lover or the friend. Matt will be third with the warrior and the challenger. And I will speak last as the magician and the teacher into James's issue. That's where we're going to go. Does anybody have any questions out of the five of us as we're about to start this? Are there any questions or points for clarification as you unmute yourselves and uh, get ready to join the exercise? No, thank you, Jim. Everybody's really nice and clear. Good. So James, we'll hear from you first. So just take your time and then to the best of your abilities, just explain an area of transition an area of um, confusion or an area of change or shadow or conversation that you feel you're avoiding, but something that you would love to get input into, and then you're going to hear from the four archetypes. Okay, thank you, Jim. Um, so I think for me, Susie's transition or change. Um, so as we entered into the world of lockdown, I was about to leave my, my role where I worked to take on a directorship with a leadership development company. That uh, change didn't happen um, due to everything that's gone on. I'm very fortunate that the business I work in uh, retained me for a short period of time. So I'm now coming towards the end of that and uh, I have an opportunity to stay with my business for a fixed term, um, working in a role that is taking me back 15, 16, 17 years in my experience uh, 
rather and I guess the transition, the change stuff for me is that's great in terms of security, short term security. But I've really got a dilemma in my mind around it taking me away from what I'm focused on, what I'm passionate about, um, my sense of identity um, around that kind of learning, that development, that coaching space. So it's a real wrestle for me around security for me and the family and the commitment to that and the impact over the next 12 months of taking me away from um, what I think I should be doing. Very good. So just to clarify, you, you're still in the same role with your current company. Um, and it's in a role, though, that you've, you've done for a while. And it's not a learning and development or leadership development role. No, it's not. And the role and, that uh, that's what you're interested in. Uh, yeah, the role that I'm going in, well, I've got 20 years experience ish in, in, in L&D. And this role is taking me back into a customer service management space, which is from a far earlier in my career. So it's got more you. the going away from where I believed I was going and, and that real wrestling with my identity. Who am I? What am I about? Um, and at the same time, balancing that with security for my family and I. Very good. Do any of the other uh, three archetypes have a question of clarification from James so that you understand the issue more or are you quite happy with the concept? Tamsin? Sorry, James, just one question. Um, do you have a, a sort of clear option of something that is a pathway that you can see in front of you that you can go and do yes yeah so it's it's a it's a role that's, that's there it's on the table and it's um it's it's absolutely firm yes is sorry is that your previous role or no so this is a new role to start in two months time yeah but but, but it takes them back it takes them back to customer service which you did 17 years ago perfect it's not the the something that you feel like that you might be now in emotional. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So for us, we'll just take a minute to kind of gather our thoughts and then in turn, we'll hear from Kirsty, Tamsin, Matt and myself. And we'll probably only speak three or four sentences into it. And it's just something to stimulate James's thinking about how else he might think about this. Do you know what I see, James? I see you stronger than you've ever been. In fact, that the identity still remains as it is, but purely in a different space. Okay. Um, so I guess, I think my comment would be, I wouldn't be afraid of going back to something that you were because you're not that person anymore. You're pretty awesome and amazing. And we live in an insecure time at the moment. So if you have to do that for a while, you're probably gonna kill it. You're probably gonna be amazing at it. And actually you don't know what kind of opportunities you're gonna get out of that. So I would just allow yourself to be secure and, and kill something that you can probably do in your sleep. James, I want to say that 
that your passion and identity, uh, passion and identity, are more important than your security in this case. But I'm also a family man, and and I understand the tension you've got there. So I think it's okay to to take it as long as it is just a lily pad for you, and you don't get trapped in it, you don't get stuck in it, and that every minute that you're in it you're seeking and striving for that next move that really fulfills your passion and identity and and that in 12 months whatever from now you set yourself a goal and you're out and it, and it's just your lily pad and that's fine that's okay i think thank you matt james my experience of working with dualism is that we tend to dualize things when we have been stressed or traumatized as a means of trying to control our world. So I'm really curious how in your mind it occurs as either I do the safe and secure thing or I get to pursue my heart. That's not a dualism. It's like, of course you can do both because the transition and the change that you're going through is far deeper than surface structure work. The real work is going on at an identity level in terms of who you're becoming. So even as you keep your family secure and do what you need to do, you don't have to let that occur for you as any form of compromise in how you're developing in a deep space into a learning and development, leadership development, executive development professional. That'll still continue at pace. And when you're ready, you'll take a step into the next role that you need to do. I think it only occurs as an either or and as a disappointment because of some of the fear and some of the trauma that's been experienced already because of the change that came upon you. And so I'd like you to think about your change as happening, not at that surface structure level. Take the role, do what you need to do, but allow yourself to continue to evolve into the person that you're meant to be while you're doing it. And when you're ready, the step will be there. Thank you. So James, it now returns back to you and you can think about those pieces of input. And when you're ready, tell us, how will this affect what you do? I think everything that you've all said has resonated with me massively. I think the Matt's challenge around the lily pad, I'm gonna hold that image firm. So thank you for putting that visual picture in my head. Um, I think, Jim, when you talk about either, I think what it allows me to really do is focus and be the best that I can be during this period of time and maintain how I grow and how I develop and, you know, not lose sight of where I'm going to be and what I want to do. Um, so actually, some of this for me is, is allowing me to just be okay with myself and maybe take some of the pressure off, weirdly, by becoming more focused. Might sound like a contradiction in terms, but that's yeah. kind of what I've taken from from this. Very good. It's a very, very strange feeling. Welcome. Very good. Well done, James. Could you just take a minute and explain what the experience is like having those arcs? So now that you've had that, just just do a little debrief with us in terms of what is the experience like having those voices come in. And do you recognize that any of those particular voices are missing from your life and perhaps should be in them? Yeah, I think um, I, love, I love the fact that 
you know we don't know each other so there's a, a real purity to what be, what's been said it's a, it's a that it's almost very raw and just very real so it's not clouded with emotion or bias or this is what i think you should do for yourself james it's what i've heard so um being able to to hear that and interpret that and go actually i'm getting some fresh perspectives on me and what's going on for me is uh incredibly powerful in what felt like about five minutes um yeah. if it was even that um i think your second question around missing from my life i think um the warrior yes i need to and king queen probably two areas where i need either more of or it's missing i just need to think about that a little bit more but certainly those voices were loudest very good it's good to hear that that sharpening authoritative voice uh, to have some of that a bit more in your life could be actually what helps you through this particular transition so yeah well done james thank you well done everybody thank you. good thank you, good everyone. first round well done so just take a little minute do a bit of taylor swift shake it off <laughs> if you need to um and our next next round up when we're ready is going to be matt um and then our king or queen is jim um i'll be the friend tamsin will be the warrior i'm scared already um and james will be the magician and the teacher and so that'll be how we speak and we'll go through the same format as before. So we'll start with the king or queen. So Matt, whenever you're ready, um, you're just going to say, as James did, just a little bit about whatever is coming up for you. Okay, well, thank you. So I've been a chaplain for um, 10 or 15 years and I love it and we love it as a family. And in my current working context, it's been a great adventure, um, a confirmation of a vocation, which at times we've not been sure about. And uh, we don't want to change. We love it. However, um, in recent years, there's been a nagging sense that there's more, that I have more to offer, that there's something else that I want to be doing, as well as not instead of um, the chaplaincy job, and, and that it involves people and speaking into people's lives and I'm not sure what that is. Um, I've turned down some opportunities in this last uh, year or two that just didn't feel right. Uh, um, some, some opportunities for further study and things. Um, and it's been really good to reconnect into this group of people. And it's really affirmed, um, I think, the direction um, that I've been feeling. My fear and deep worry is that I'm not good enough or wise enough um my sort of virtual board table as it as it's been mentioned in the podcast is a bit sparsely populated and i i worry that that's because people don't want to be at my table because i'm not good enough um and i play a bit of a racket on that by telling people i'm an introvert and that that's by my choice but actually i don't think that's strictly true all the time so um so it's a slow burn change it, it's that sense that something's coming, that, some, that something's in the future. It's a tanker turning rather than a sort of power turn, but I can feel it coming. I, I don't know what it is. And because the table's empty, I just feel a bit lost in it all. And, um, and I'd really value uh, your voices to speak into it um, and your advice. Very good. 
Wonderful. Thank you, Matt. Thank you for your deep honesty as well. Um, are there any clarification questions that anyone would like to ask of Matt? Can you give an example of the roles that you might imagine you're doing if you were speaking more in, obviously holding on to the chaplain role, but what kind of other things could you just get the courage to speak that out in terms of, well, this? Yeah, so, uh, so I, I'm in a real privileged position in that I work with a number of senior leaders in, in some fairly punchy theatres and I get to give them advice uh, with the door closed uh, and that as, as you grow in seniority through, through the military as a chaplain that, that opportunity grows and grows so I'd like to speak more into those leadership circles and I just, I just don't feel like I've got the credibility and the credence or even the age to do that you know I just and I want that credibility I want to be able to do that I want to be able to speak into those um, circles with, with some wisdom and bring real value to them Does that answer your question, Jim? It does. It does. Okay. Um, so you can become that person who speaks with that authority in the room to leaders, and you can become it fairly soon if you discontinue running the racket around good enough or credibility. Um, because you're not good enough yet, nor are you credible yet, because you're not doing it. You know, the door only becomes ready when it's been getting used. And um, the question you need to ask yourself is, am I courageous enough to go for it? And am I passionate enough to want it? Because if you answer yes to those questions, then you have absolutely everything that you need to go after the dream that you want and allow things like goodness and credibility to be developed and to grow in you rather than thinking there's some kind of natural attribute that you're just going to find or has landed on you. So watch for the words that you use that would keep you out of it and discount you and go to where you do know, which is you have desire and you have passion for it. And that is enough to give you the authority to go after this and make it happen. Thanks. Do you know what I love about you, Matt, is the fact that when you were talking, it felt like you were going to do something different, but actually it isn't, is it? You're just going to be doing exactly the same thing, but just with more breadth. And I just love the fact that you don't even have to change to do that. <laughs> just keep doing the same thing and just speak to more people. And I just love the fact that more people are going to hear your voice. And that's what excites me. Thanks, Kirsty. Is it me as the warrior? Sorry. It is, Tamsin, yeah. Um, I'd say a couple of things. Um, I wonder if in the military you are each given a role and you're not allowed to do uh, the things that come outside of that role. Um, so perhaps 
you have a certain idea of what you are and are not allowed to do, do. And I would really question that. Who tells you what to do? In fact, all those leaders that you look up to, no one's telling them what to do. And are they good enough to do what they want? No, they're just making it up the same as you'll be making it up. You know, that's just human experience. You get up in the morning, you make things up and you're going to say the wrong things. You're going to get in trouble. You're going to feel awful about it. And then you're going to wake up the next day and you're going to do it all again. And it's going to be really hard. And you know what? You're just going to keep on going. And in a year's time, you're going to look back and you're going to be like, thank God I did that. Thank you. That's great. So Matt, as I, I was listening to you, there was, you, you talked about your table being sparse and are you good enough? Um, I just, all the thoughts for me were, what, what if you just believed you were? What if you had the courage for, to, to step out into the space that you want to, to, to be in? What if you knew who you needed around you uh, at your table and you reached out to those people and realized actually they might already be there. Um, or in fact, you know who they are and you just need to ask a question. So I heard, you know, actually you may be the greatest wizard and teacher for yourself and actually your ability to reframe your thinking and connect with the people you need to connect to, I think is already in you. Thanks James. So just take a moment, Matt, to integrate that <laughs> and hear the voices you wanted to hear. And and just kind of think, what what would you do with that? What comes up for you? So I've, I found something really useful in each of what you've said in different ways i think jim that your comment about doors is really true that um that i that I, I i've already i can make it happen i just need the courage to make it happen and that you mentioned watch for the words you use and i do talk myself out of you know i've got the opportunities now to do it and I talk myself physically out of it with my own words I can be by myself in a room and talk myself out of the ability so that's um that's absolutely accurate um Kirsty I get I get loads of I think I think what I realized through listening to this is that I have loads of friends I have loads of cheer cheerleaders um and in a way I have it, it bounces off and whether it bounces off because I let it bounce off or don't want to hear it. You know, if you, if you write six pages of nice things about me and, and one line for um, constructive criticism, I'll stew on that line and ignore the rest. So um, I think friends, you know, I've probably got a few friends at the table. I'm definitely missing king or queen. That That's um, that stuff that needs filling. And that kind of ties into James, you know, you said, are they already there? I think they are already, already there. And actually when I started listening to the podcast, I did start reaching out to people because I was aware that these figures did exist in my life and, I, and I'm cutting them out. I'm not making contact with them. And so I reach, I've reached out to a few 
Um, that, that's been great because I've connected with some. It's also been hurtful because some don't pick up the phone and that, that further plays into, well, am I not good enough? You know, do you not want to speak to me? If I phone you four times, you don't pick up the phone. You know, why is that? Um, so, but, but you're right that they are there and asking the questions and finding them and actively populating that table. That's, um, that's really helpful, actually. Um, and Tamsin, keep going. And thank, thank God that I did. And you said, I'll say things wrong. And my, I say things wrong all the time. It's <laughs> terrible. Um, but you're right. You know, I'll, I'll take that. And, and perseverance, you didn't use the word perseverance, but I wrote perseverance down because I think that's what I've taken from it, that the challenge is perseverance. You know, so it's, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a kind of crazy challenge. It's just a challenge of, of to keep going and have stamina and, and that I'll be glad that I did. And I think, um, particularly in this posting, in this tour, that's, that, that's going to be really crucial for me. So, um, yeah, thank you very much all. I, that's really useful. Good. Very good. There's a general piece of learning before we go to the, the, the uh, Tamsin, I just want to bring, which is when you're seeking out archetypes, you have to learn how to get archetypes in. And quite often we wait until we're desperate for the archetype or it's an archetype we really want to engage with. And we ask them for something very specific or something with a loaded need behind it. And then we're very disappointed when they can't measure that. But if you can become skilled at how you put the right people around your table, become, you know, take it at pace, run a longer race, just gently and gradually build it up and don't put the whole weight of heaven and hell on one email uh, or one request, but actually just stay tenacious in learning how to build your table and maybe ask somebody a few times. Don't write them off because they can't meet your needs in the first instance. That's going to be part of the key to learning how to put the right people around your table. Persevere. Tamsin, um, you'll be the subject this time. Uh, James, you are going to be the king or queen. Um, I'm going to be the lover friend. Kirsty will be the warrior challenger. And Matt will be the magician teacher. So Tamsin first, then James will speak from king or queen. I'll speak from lover friend. Kirsty will then speak warrior challenger. And Matt will speak magician teacher at the end of that. So whenever you're ready, Tamsin, just to share a little bit of what's going on. So I, um, I've worked in business for many years um, in big business and um, I've always worked and had, um, you know, CEOs and leaders and I've been a leader myself for a team. Um, at the moment, I'm in the process of setting up a company um, with my CEO and the founder of my old business, sort of current business, it's complicated. Um, and I think I'm struggling to, um, what I would like is to be seen as an equal and a, and a partner um, going into this situation. But obviously they have been in charge of me and my bosses for a couple of years. Um, so. I wouldn't say that I'm not confident, but instinctively I do tend to defer um, or perhaps I think on the opposite side of the coin, I might defer, but I might also not step up sometimes and take control when I think they might want me to take control because I'm sort of waiting for them to assume that leadership role because that's what I've done day to day. And in the world of consultancy, you don't just do it nine to five, you do it six to 
midnight and it, it gets completely kind of um you know deep inside of your psyche so i guess i'm looking for day-to-day -day advice um not just sort of having more confidence but some of the things that i might be able to do in the conversations that i have or the way that i move my body or something like that that can help me feel like i am you know an equal um, person in this sort of partnership rather than somebody who works for them. Very good. Any questions for clarification uh, to understand any more about Tamsin or if you're clear, we'll just get right into it with James. Just a quick one, Tamsin. How many other people are involved all in? Um, so there's three of us who are setting up and a few more but who aren't involved in the actual legal business side okay wonderful thank you hi um tamsin so really really interesting listening to your situation i heard was like partnership her words, um, I want to be seen a certain way, and then you're describing your behaviour that's contradictory to that. So I think for me, what I heard was somebody who's very experienced, um, clearly got the skill and ability because you're going into this partnership. And I think for me, it was it's clearly got the skill and ability to give yourself um, to behave and act as an equal. So as opposed to advice on how to carry yourself and carry, you know, move your body or whatever you, you, you were saying, more about actually just in your own mind, what would it take to act and behave as an equal and as a partner, because that's what you are. I experienced a little bit of sadness listening to you, Tamsin, because it sounds to me like you're trying to learn the rules of hierarchy. And you've never been one for me who obeyed anybody's rules. You've always done it your own way. It's always had poetry and magic and art and uh, feminine wile and profound wisdom and courage in terms of your own way of beating your own rhythm. And it sounds like you're trying to learn a rhythm that would be alien when in fact all the things that you already have inside you would knock this game out the park and you would play a different set of rules and you would play a different game to it. You would turn it into a different type of song or story that you're playing here rather than trying to learn anybody else's rules. I think your own natural wisdom and your own natural while will actually make all of this irrelevant in a way that would suit you and in a way that would give you the empowerment and the freedom you need in order to do what you're going to do. My concern for you would be is if you do learn those rules, that actually it ensnares you in some way in a game that you aren't actually equipped or designed to play. Um, and you keep yourself trapped in it. So I would just be you in terms of your own ability to have the courage to always get above the rules. 
So I heard someone say I wouldn't not want to be I wouldn't not want to be seen as being confident. Uh, so I think you need to clean up your language. I think you need to think about the language that you hold within yourself and therefore how you behave. You talked about body language, but that sort of negative language, that sort of negative narrative it is going to produce someone that would do this. I saw your hands going like this in terms of the hierarchy. And, and if you feel this, then stand like that, then hold that, then posture like that and do the work. Be that person, hold yourself in that way and, and do the work. Tam's in. Um, so what if, what if your perception of working for them is an old truth and the new truth could be that if you played by your rules or rewrote the rules and stopped deferring and stepped up to use your language and you discovered that you are a are a better leader than, than they ever were, that you're a great leader, and that by stepping out, that's the discovery you make when you rewrite the rules. So Tamsin, anything in particular there that resonates or makes you think a little differently or is a reframe that you want to share? And also, were there any of the voices you heard there that you think those are missing from my life? I think for me, um, the warrior voice is often um, the voice that I've experienced from being at work and being a consultant. And I think what's difficult about that is that when somebody has um, an interest um, in what they want to tell you when they're being the warrior, then it's not the truthful warrior voice. I think I have a lot of magicians and a lot of lovers. Um, but the warrior voice was the, the one that I really found when I joined the working world. So that, that definitely, um, and then the, the king queen voice, I don't like giving anyone authority over me. So, <laughs> you know, that's normally my voice. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, but, um, no, thank you so much everyone. I think, um, I got moved in, in everything that any, everyone said. Um, I think for me, um, especially about rewriting the rules that resonated with me and, um, you know, Jim, you were talking about that and, and Kirsty, you, you mentioned it and Matt, I think, well, you all basically said it. I think what scares me is that there is a certain amount of risk of doing that. Um, I have definitely done that in past, in the past and got myself into trouble. Um, when you're going to business with someone and you are writing legal documents and you try and flip stuff on them, <laughs> you know, that might go very well for you. Um, so, however, at the same time, how do you negotiate that while still remaining true to yourself? So I think I'm going to have a good think about how I can flip the rules in a way that um, doesn't land me in too much trouble. <laughs> Very good. My, my reflection on that would be if you had a strong king or queen in your life, 
they'd keep you within the tracks, they'd keep you within the boundary of safety. And if you had a warrior voice that you felt was for you, you'd have somebody who would challenge you when you were being indulgent with it versus actually doing something which was useful for what you wanted. And so I wonder if there is about pulling those voices in in a positive way and finding those people that would actually keep you on track whilst you rewrite the rules in a way that's much better for the company and much better for everyone. And get a positive warrior in your life. You've had the dark side too much. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> you've had the dark side too much. Allow, allow yourself to be challenged because you've got such power and that will just come to the fore with it, for sure. Thank you. We're going to rotate round again. This time, Kirsty is going to be the subject. Matt will do the king-queen role. James will do the lover-friend role. I will do the warrior challenger role and Tamsin's going to be the magician or the teacher role in that order. We're also going to open it up a little more this time. So while we're doing this, I'm going to have the chat box available as well. And what I'm going to ask is that for those of us who's in the archetypal role, while the person's speaking, if you, any of the rest of you who are listening to this, if you've got an idea, that you think, I think I would like to say this, or here's a bit of advice I would give here. Write just warrior and then say what you would say. Magician, say what you would say. Just tag it with, I would say this. And those of us who are in that archetypal role, will have a scan, we'll have a look at it, and we might bring some of that into our thinking. So it's a way of now starting to get the whole room a little bit more involved in it. If you don't feel comfortable with it, that's fine. But if you do think there's something I would really like to say to Kirsty here, um, then you can do it. And as you're doing it, if there's something that comes up, king or queen, and Matt sees it, he might bring that in to say, oh, by the way, other people are saying these things. It could be useful. If James sees the lover friend thing coming up, he might bring some of that. If I see the warrior challenger, I might say some of that. And if Tamsin sees something from the magician, then we'll say it too. So just highlight where you're speaking from and just say, I would want to say this. And, And if it can be like a sentence, half a sentence, it's going to be really um, do it. And if you could type it to the whole group, uh, that would be great. Type it to the whole group so it's on the whole chat thing and we can all see it. Thanks, Elizabeth. I love okay. how everyone's like moved forward. I feel like it's just like <laughs> people have just got ready. It's the, the stakes are up now. Once I know. Like, once you start this? doing this. <laughs> so we're going to do it for Kirsty. Um, and again, we'll all see it. And, and whoever, which one of us is doing the, um, the, uh, the bit, there's an opportunity to contribute to Kirsty's life here and we'll see ways of bringing it in. Kirsty can also see these things too. So we can any one of us refer to it. It might be that if all 20 people pop it in, we can't read them all out. But um, remember this is an experiment. We're not snubbing anybody. We're trying to do this experiment right. But I'd really like to see if we can involve more of the room now in terms of all being in this together. So the chat function could be something that helps with that. So Kirsty, then Matt from the King or Queen, James from the Lover Friend, me from the Warrior Challenger, Tamsin from the Magician Teacher. Kirsty, it's over to you when you're ready. Um, so this is a really recent one. It's something that came up for me today. I was listening, I was part of a conversation. I got really provoked by it. And I was provoked in the way that, um, it got me to think, actually, do I need to have a conversation with someone? 
is there a conversation that I need to have with someone to close something off? Um, because if I'd let it go, then I wouldn't have been provoked. And it wasn't, it was just a sort of secondary conversation that I had and there's other people involved in it. And so it kind of felt, I was like, hmm, what's coming up for me just now? And so I think, do I need to have the conversation or do I not? Would be my situation. Question. Are you able to tell us a little bit more about how you were provoked? Um, so it's in relation to another company. Um, that I did some work with, um, and these other people are party to that as well. Um, and th they mentioned something that, that had happened and I was aware of it from one side and it's all these different complexities of sides. Um, and then I just got another nugget of information from them. And it felt the provoke, the prov I don't know how to use it as a, a adjective, um, but it was rejection was the actual feeling and emotion. So if, if I think about it, the provocation was rejection that right. came up. And I don't, because I don't understand how the other people can act this way. I, I don't get it. Right. So you got some insight into some behavior that when yeah. you think about it in retrospect, makes you feel a little bit rejected. Yeah. And it's, it's multiple sources of information that's allowed you to collate the whole story. And now you're left thinking there was a group that made you feel rejected and you're wondering, should I actually get closure with them by actually having a conversation about what I now know? Yeah. Any other questions of clarification from anybody? Tamsin? What the, you said a phrase, I can't believe that they could think that way. Is mm. that the group of people that you are wondering whether you want a conversation yeah, I just don't understand how they can act in such a fashion. It is out with my psyche. It's out with my MO, Tamsin, about how they would act that way. Um, and so, yes, it is about the, that particular group of people. Does that answer the question? Is that? Yeah, thank you. So when we're ready be Matt, then James, then me, then Tamsin. Just take your times, have a think about what you really want to say, and then say it. And if anybody's got anything to chat to add, please do. Kirsty, I think, take your time. Um, this is fresh, it's raw, let it sit with you for a few days. Um, talk to some trusted friends, get some advice from them, but trust your instincts because you're, you're very wise and experienced. If it's still there in a few days, then consider that a conversation worth having and, and trust your gut, but give it a few days. There's no rush. You know, you can do it at the back end of the week. Thank you. Firstly, I, um, I see something that's incredibly resourceful, that knows themselves and, in my experience, does the right thing. So, I think if the right thing is to explore it, you'll do it incredibly gracefully and skillfully uh, to find out the information that you need. But equally, is there an opportunity for them to learn something by you giving them some feedback? Because you'll also do that brilliantly. Um, and finally, as your friend, is there a need for the conversation to happen at all? 
Is it something that you can just put down and move on? There is so, one, um, one, sorry, Jim, there's just one uh, comment from a lover's perspective in the chat, um, which is you're more than their views and don't let it taint you. So very much around that belief in yourself. You don't need that judgment. Cool. Thank you. Sorry, Jim. That's good. Thank you. Well done. Usually that that informs us in the world is realistic and that that disturbs us is some kind of projection and shadow, Kirsty. So you said something um, in answer to Tamsin's question, which was, I don't know how people could think like this, which strikes me as it would be outside of your own personal idealized ego in terms of how you like to be seen in the world. And so I wonder if there's time for just a little bit of self-analysis, which is that that you think and that you're mind reading into potentially what they might be saying and thinking and doing. Look to see if any of that is in you. And if it is, and you find it in yourself, could you be really generous to it? And could you find a way of actually finding out its intention for your life? And could you find a way of actually incorporating it and integrating it a bit more that might actually provide survival for you? political nous, um, drive, something else where you defend yourself more fiercely. But I would challenge you first is to look at your own shadow, is to look at why you were provoked by it and look what might be going on inside of you that needs integrated and loved by you rather than necessarily projecting maybe some of it onto these folks until you really know what they've done and said. Mm -hmm. So I would do that work and that self-search first before any conversation. I'm loath to say it, but thank you. And uh, another one is that I want you to yell plot twist and turn the page to the next chapter. What's to be gained by having the conversation? And so Kat is wanting you to be the warrior, but she's also being a warrior for you, which is I've got your back, Kirsty. Um, think about that. Thank you. Um, so I quite like Kat's uh, plot twist um, comment because I think as a magician coming in, I would say, why don't we turn this into a story? Because let's forget what they think, what they believe. Is there a point of having a conversation? And if so, what would be the outcome? And if that's, is that something that you could tell a story about to another person? Because actually it could be a terrible conversation and it could all go terribly. But is that a story that you could use to tell to another business or another client who you are as a person and what you believe in? Is that a story that they might then tell somebody else that shows, you know, something that maybe they didn't quite do right? So how can we turn this into something magical, something that's a story that we can tell other people so they can learn from it? Because having an emotionally messy conversation with no good outcome doesn't feel kind of like something you need to do. But turning it into a story to be able to share and help and grow other people seems like something that's quite fun um, and a bit magical to do. And if that's possible, then have some fun. Thank you. Thank you. Kirsty, one other thing I would just draw your attention to before you can do it. I'm sure you can see the comments there as well. 
but it strikes me that from the way that everybody is behind you and supportive that you could raise an army if you wanted to deal with this issue. There's words like wedgie here and uh, turn the page and all that stuff. It's like you're going to have backing because of how you loved. But the other question might be part of what that may be suggesting to you is do you need to have the conversation one-on-one or might it be a meeting with two or three people where there can be a balance of views and where you don't have to be the only one representing what gets said, but actually it's a conversation that you could help facilitate and also express some of your own view within with a number of people involved. Thank you. Thank you to my wedgie army. Um, thank you all. Um, so I think that all of which, uh, as with everyone else, all of which spoke to me, I felt weirdly, even though I was really provoked by the warrior, I did assume crash position because it was Jim. Um, I felt more whole, actually viscerally. I felt that in my body. I felt more whole when you were talking. So there was something about that out there and in there. So that was a real that was really fascinating to feel that on a real physical level rather than to hear the words going in here they kind of went into into the body um so that was really that was fascinating to feel and so it was then backed up by the wizard so we then had like the sort of the magic kind of was able to be there because i felt more whole because of that um so i think what that tells me also is that the I've been very precise and very focused on getting the right people around my table, especially during this time. Um, I think we're going through another revolution and evolution of that and it's to get more warrior and to get more warrior and, cha and challenge there with a little bit of wizard as well. Um, but to be an especially like real deep challenge from a psychological perspective, which will translate physically. Yeah. Very good. Thank you. Very good. Nothing in it, really. I mean, it's just... <laughs> I mean, it's nice it? and all that, but you know, <laughs> there's nothing in it personally. Um, right, let's get them. Um, so, <laughs> so we're going to do the same again. We're going to work <coughs> with everyone coming in. Um, and thank you for your comments as part of that. So Jim is now our subject. Um, we have the King Queen, who is Tamsin. Um, lover friend is Matt. James, you're going to be the warrior um, and I'm going to be the magician. Um, but we invite all of you again um, to come in there. So just as you did beautifully with mine, if you can just prefix it with the archetype um, and then as those that are playing those will be able to scan through the chat and, and see that. So thank you um, for continuing to do that for Jim. Um, and so Whenever you're ready, Mr. Mr. McNeish, um, if you can tell us your challenge yeah. or provocation. So I've been noticing some increased vulnerability over the last couple of weeks. Um, and it's about this. When the lockdown first started, I felt like I was demoted in the world. I felt like I was no longer Jim the executive consultant. I was Jim scrabbling for work and survival and how could I make it happen? And um, 
I had a good sort of seven weeks of that and um, I loved it. I loved the freedom of it. I loved the winds. I loved running the race and, and the adventure of it. And then and it, it, things just escalate. I feel almost like I've been changing archetype myself in that recently I've been talking to a number of different consultancies who would enjoy me building another training centre, a leadership development centre somewhere in the central belt of Scotland. Um, how would we get investment for that? But we would add to a unique psychometric I'm working on with Cambridge University. We would create a, a room, which was a, a studio for doing online work and we'd work with Patreon and, and various other subscriber groups to make something really powerful there. We would bring the open programmes, the knowledge, and actually most of the big companies in central Scotland bemoan the fact that there is no venue. And so it would be phenomenal, I think, when, when the upturn starts and when people want to meet together again. Somehow or another, I've found myself starting to move back into a kingship role. It's Jim that's the coordinator. It's me, the guy that would bring investment, people who are interested in that. I would play a senior role in putting this organisation together. There are three or four different, there are four consultancies interested in it. And then I've got people who have already offered investment who are traders and things. And I do not want to be the guy running that centre again. And yet I feel like when I take that position and I, and I spearhead something, it starts to move and it starts to jolt forward. Um, and so therefore I've been a little insecure about that in terms of the, I'm sorry if everybody does know personality styles, but I've got a bit of this type three personality in me, which would naturally self-aggrandize and, and be, um, um, have an egotistical kind of perspective. And, um, and so I'm, I'm scared of that because I have loved the nimbleness of the challenge and the hunt and the running of the seven weeks prior to it. So I feel myself getting drawn in. It's experiential, it's visceral. And I'm also I'm excited by it. I'm excited by the vision of what that could be. But um, I've got deep resistance to stepping into a role that would actually be the one that pulls it all together. I really, really have resistance to it. I don't want to do it. I'm not a commercial animal. Um, and um, and I've really I really enjoyed it when I was running light, um, and yet I do feel there is a phenomenal opportunity that I'm probably uniquely qualified to make happen, somewhere in the central belt with a brilliant executive development centre, and an experience for people again that would make a huge difference post COVID nineteen. Um, so I am kind of in the middle of it, not even sure of what question to ask yet around what I should be doing and how I should be thinking about it. And so if anybody has anything to add into that, I'd be deeply grateful. And do we have any questions as clarification for, for Jim? Are you happy to, to speak into that? I have no premises in mind. Um, in fact, I don't think that a premise exists. I think I'd probably have to build it where I've currently got my house. Okay, thank you, Jim. So we're going to go first to Tamsin, then to Matt, then to James, and then to Kirsty. I think um, the feeling of beautiful freedom when you run and jump and you get to do these mental gymnastics and you get to talk to people and hustle, um, but you don't have the weight of responsibility. You don't actually have to get up in the mornings. 
it's not boring and the same every day. It's fun. You jump and you dance exactly as you said, and you get all the adoration, um, but you don't actually have to do any of the hard work. And I think that sometimes is a trade-off. Um, you know, especially perhaps in these days and times, you know, what are we willing to sacrifice for what we want in life? Sometimes we have to sacrifice the fact that we don't want to do the hard work and that we don't want to get up in the morning and be that boring person who's checking the coffee cups because no one else has done it. But that means we don't get to dance and jump and spin all the time. And sometimes we get to dance and jump and spin, but we become nothing to others. We actually don't have the responsibility to become a real dependable and wise person. So I guess I would say is you need to work out what is the balance for you. It, it doesn't have to be 50-50, but what for you sits right in your heart. Thank you. Jim. I've closed the chat because I imagine what's in it will be a gazillion messages um, saying how amazing you are. And I didn't want to be influenced them before, um, before I say what I think, which is whatever you decide to do, it'll be incredible. Like you, you're an incredible human being. And I, I met you once. 10 years ago for about 15 minutes over a weekend and and you've stuck in my mind every day since and whichever path you choose be it running light with nimbleness or taking another turn at the handle at a center i eagerly anticipate watching you make a success of it and more importantly watching you touch and change people's lives on this earth for the better just because you are jim mcneish Yeah. So you describe yourself as you know, uniquely qualified for this, and yet you also sound like it isn't something you necessarily wanted to do. So my, my challenge to you is a little more of who, who else could you enable with your unique qualifications, and then to fulfil the role that you don't want to do, and to enable you to be part of something magnificent and take the role that you do want to fulfill. So finding others around you who you can share your expertise, who you can share your knowledge, your wisdom, your experience, and um, actually just play the role that you're looking for. There's comments in the chat. So you can have a huge impact, but you don't always have to be in the center of it. There's a how much control would you have to give up to get the right balance for you? So it, it sounds very much around making some, you making some real tough decisions around, well, what is it you really want in terms of how you get to behave every day and the things you get to do versus how much of your unique ex expertise you can share with others to make this, make this happen. Mm. Thank you.
You know, when you were talking, I was thinking of Andy Murray. And I love the documentary. I don't know if you've seen Andy Murray's documentary. And it was about his whole journey through his injury. And about, he did little pockets of interviews about what happened. And what he was brilliant at was getting the right people around him. Um, and he would, he became part of a team. It wasn't just, it was Andy and then his team. It was Team Andy. You know, everyone was around him. And there was just so, so many heartfelt moments where all you saw that Andy just, he was in it for the tennis. He just wanted to play the tennis. You could see his eyes shine and his heart open up when he was doing what he loved. And he just knew that, do you know what? Even if I just go and hit a couple of balls up at Cromlick's Hotel, I'm happy because I'm doing what I love. Or I might be getting back onto Wimbledon and we'll all be watching him behind the curtain and I'm doing what I love. And I think that there's something that you have that lights you up and lights up the path for so many other people. And just do it in the way in which feels right to you. Even if Andy had an injury, he still went out and played tennis. Go and do the thing that lights you up. And I think, you know, just even thinking about the, the other little chat here is just, you know, I think we might have said it in one of our um, podcasts, a similar um, parable, but, you know, which wolf are you feeding by saying yes? And notice yourself that you have an opportunity to feed the ones with you and be generous to yourself rather than being purely generous to others. Mm. I think you're a witch, Kirsty Mack. You just did my mind read. Mm. <laughs> um, this is not an attempt to kind of show off my virtue. It really is a genuine comment on something that I struggle with. But when I was a kid, my mother would always bring me in when she gave me sweets because if she didn't, I would just disperse them to other kids. Mm. And so she would make me eat them indoors. And um, I just, I think that bit about generosity, I think my fear is that once I start this, I would be thinking about all the roles for people that would really suit them and would help their lives and, move them forward. And before I know it, it becomes a burden to me. And what I'm hearing here is a balance of, of, um, of everybody, including some of the chats, but everybody's saying, you know, um, connected Tamsin's point at the beginning, work out what is your percentage of nimbleness and freedom that you need versus how much of the showers are you prepared to check up on in terms of how much you're prepared to do that kind of work. And that was spoken about all the way through it, which is go into this with your eyes open in terms of what's for you and what's for others. Go into it with your eyes open around, do the pre-thinking, let that be your unique qualification, which is you know what you want to do and you know what you don't and you know how this stuff works and you know how you can get sucked into it. And so I feel a real sense of there's something here that wants to build momentum and maybe let it build its own momentum first. I've done a lot of seed sowing and I've done a lot of planting. Now let it build its momentum and then tuck into the slipstream, tuck into what's my role and how much of this balance am I prepared to own because one helps and feeds the other, including what is it that would be generous to me? 
put a little bit of generosity there so that whatever I end up with, there is an element of indulgence, there is an element of pleasing me, and it will involve a lot more freedom, and it would involve a lot more travel, and it would involve probably a lot more ambassadorial activity on behalf of it if it goes ahead. Um, I found all the inputs kind of helpful from, from that point of view. Um, that bit about being myself, um, it was really interesting for me when I heard the warrior and I heard the friend, I heard them both as the same archetype. Mm-hmm. And it was nothing to do with the skill of the individual speaking it. It was how I heard it. I heard a real friendship in the warrior in terms of, you know, make a decision and can you get involved in that way? And I heard a real challenge in the friend saying, be who you are and can you reach your potential? And I felt there was just something really kind of interesting from there. And um, and I guess finally, I've, I think my entire life, I've confused the warrior, the king, queen, archetype I think I've confused it with a parent rather than a king or a queen I've wanted them to parent I've wanted them to mentor I've wanted them to support and be secure and do all that stuff and that was never what they were meant to do they were meant to inspire me and I'm meant to take care of that myself and so it feels like there was almost a growing up when I started to hear a bit more of that so um yeah very profound and very helpful um and I guess it's it's for me to just probably just lay out the vision and then see who comes to play. I think the universe has got your back, as Justin would say. Um, and so thank you all. Thank you massively. We're, I appreciate the time and we're going to close off the podcast as we normally would and then we'll stop recording and, and have a conversation and questions. But we send a deep, heartfelt gratitude to every single archetype that sits here with us um, and those that got involved as well. Um, and we've said it a lot of time in previous podcasts is to bring more voices into your life. You know, get these, we wanted this to be an experiment, which I've enjoyed and we'll see from the others, but is, is experiment with the people that you have around you. Experiment with, and they, they don't always have to be the same people around you. And so from a leadership perspective, make sure that you've got it, do it with volition, be precise about it and think about your boardroom table and, and keep asking the question. And I think that's the work of the leader as we go through into this next transition of whatever this next transition looks like. Mm. And before we go into this next phase, again, just a bit from Kirsty and I both, but uh, Matt, James, Tamsin, just for putting yourselves on the line, for having that life force in you that says, I'll give it a shot, I'm going to have a go at this. Mm. And actually what you brought to it was your humanity and some vulnerability. And um, I just, I, I love you all for that. I just think that was stunning to do that. And um, uh, I, I'm so appreciative that you would step up and have a go at something um, and hopefully just push the grass down for more people who are willing to step up and, and see what they experience. So as Kirsty and I just can you move to wrap this section up, um, certainly I, I know that Kirsty will be the same, but certainly for me, just thank you so much. That was magnificent. Huge heart. Thank you. Kirsty, what do you think its application is for leadership? Getting amongst it, get the right people around you. You know, that's the thing is that know the voices that are missing. And we all had an experience there of knowing what was missing, what resonated, what provoked. Um, And it's good to be provoked because you learn more. You know, I felt it myself. You learn more about yourself. And so as we've spoken about in previous podcasts, get the right people around your table. 
make sure that you've got them, especially when you go through transition. There's such power that comes from those voices and listen to all of the voices, all of them. Yeah. Yeah, my final piece on that would just be for leaders going into the future, don't be scared to speak the shadow challenge into somebody's life. It's not always welcome. You may not always get the right moment, but sometimes you'll get a listener like Kirsty Mack who will take it in, who will weigh it up and actually become more whole and more balanced as she goes in and takes care of conversations that she needs to have. Um, I think we need that challenge and we need to do it. And I think what I'd always ask you to bear in mind is that when you do offer challenge to someone, when you offer them feedback, when you are going to tackle their racket or their challenge or you're asking them to reflect on their own contribution to some of the dysfunction, it's all about where you're speaking from. You know, there's a, a statement that says, when you don't have to spend your life looking for love when love is where you come from. And you don't have to worry about giving anybody feedback or direction or challenge when you're committed to their success. And so therefore, I think more warrior speak as a commitment to people's success is actually some of the sharpening that we're going to need as a human race at the moment. And being willing to do that is going to be increasingly powerful. Never carry on sealed off from life. Even though it's difficult to bear, you're still worthy of healing and care and the freedom and peace to move on. There will be more people, more places, peace beyond understanding. So hold on to that. This is how you'll be able to begin to walk on the path. Even if you're still waiting for answers, for closure, for clarity, even when you cannot discern the terrain, before you take the next step, now is still the time to go forth with an open heart, knowing that what you've walked through is valid and the experiences you gather will be entirely valid too. Morgan Harper Nichols.